This is how I win. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. No. No, you. You complete me. I'm the king of the world! If you don't have a good sense of humor, you're better off dead. 69, dudes! Welcome back to the Sin Arrivals podcast, folks. We got a large episode for you guys. We got the return of TV Corner. We got the return of the Academy Awards to our shows, folks. So we have much to talk about, uh, not discluding the couple of the new movies we saw in theaters that we are not too, too happy about. But we'll we'll get to that when we come. But first, we start off with the long-awaited return of the, everyone's favorite uh, segment, the TV Corner. And that is because HBO Max uh, decided to drop their big old dongs on the table and hit us with maybe one of the greatest shows that we've seen in the recent years. Definitely maybe one of the greatest adaptations of a source material. And that show is Velma. Uh, (laughs) I've been waiting all week to make that joke. Uh, No, Velma is bad. We will not be watching that show. What we're talking about today is the show the adaptation of the very popular video game series, The Last of Us, with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And man, oh man, is this show, again, maybe one of the best video game adaptation projects, probably the best video game adaptation project of all time. And I think that's mainly because it is a series. And so far, they're giving this show so much room to breathe and so much room to develop their characters in this world and to expand this for the viewers who have not played the video games like myself. I know the gist of the story and the characters, but I, I'm going in maybe as blind as I can be. But this show is blowing me away with only two episodes so far. Two episodes down, but we have two hours of content to enjoy with that first episode being nearly feature length. Um, But this show, this... I did. I also didn't watch The Walking Dead, and I I love zombie movies, but like this is the first zombie TV show that I'm really diving into, like head first, and I'm just gonna keep praising it because I also think this is one of the best iterations of any kind of zombie apocalypse ever. Be just with the visual effects, the way the zombies move, the way they their world is set up, the the establishment. I love how in the very first episode, the very first scene we get is an ex and is a scientific establishment of how this virus could come to be and then boom it comes to be and now we understand how it spreads how it was contracted how the people get it what it does to the people and we're only 10 minutes into the show and by the first 30 minutes we still haven't seen a zombie it's all set up there's so much perfect setup for these characters for this world for for everything we're going to come to know in this show, in this first episode, and then subsequently we just get to see them pull all that brilliant stuff from the video games and put it to live action in that second episode with the stuff like the wading through the water in the hotel, which I do remember from like the little 
parts of the game that I watched. Uh, the, the sneaking around the museum, trying to avoid the clickers. That's like the stealth level of the video games. So they know they know what they're doing with this program. I'm also pretty sure that the director of the second episode was the creator of the game. I'm pretty sure I saw that little Easter egg on one of my videos that I watched. But I don't know. They're they're doing everything right so far. I can only imagine you have the same sentiment to to add to that. Well, I can't I can't really say the uh, they're, I, they're not called zombies. I believe they're just called like, outside of like the dead. There's the clickers, which I think elevates this apocalypse even more because they're really cool looking. Um, but as a fellow player of the video game myself, it is awesome. Uh, I was actually just replaying part part two, uh, especially the the worst part of it, <laughs> but which is gonna make me more excited with how the show progresses through with it. And I've already seen so many videos of side by sides between video game comparison to the TV show and how authentic it is. And they're just they're being honest and real with its portrayal and landscapes of just this world that HBO has created is some of the best. I mean, it might even out. It's already been out viewed. Uh, over Game of Thrones, which is known as their more successful and heavy heavy hitter show. But I mean, there's moments in the first episode, because we've been through two now, but there's moments where like I was grabbing my controller because I thought I was watching the cutscene. And I think that is really neat. And they have something special on their hands. And it's quite remarkable how they're able to cast perfect characters. And we've yet to see the full um, full scope of that. It's just it's beautiful to watch, and I, I look forward to, like, all of it. I, I really do. Uh, it's kind of funny. Um, about five, no, maybe four years ago, I was texting a buddy. Maybe it was five. But I was texting a buddy, and I was like, you know, I'm, get, I'm not really feeling HBO anymore. Like, I was getting ready to, you know, get rid of the service for a while and, like, catch up a year later when everything that's coming out. And then since then... I think every three, every two to three months, there's something on that network that I'm just like, gotta watch, gotta watch, gotta watch. It's so there's, dominant. Don't, don't correct. I, well, I don't need fast checkers here. Oh, oh my just, God. Just, you're, you're good. <laughs> no, no, I, it, that tricked me out. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's a show coming out soon on April, which stars Woody Harrelson and. All right. The about I can't I can't remember if it's called yeah. Water something, uh, but I'm definitely gonna look it up here. Uh-huh. Um, the White House Plumbers and oh right yeah and I and I think this show is is gonna be just as addicting as what they do, and but later this year we're getting my my beloved True Detective season four, um, North Country which I can't wait for. Uh, and then there are other sizzle reel. They showed some other really powerful stuff that is gonna be worth watching I, I think they own tv i mean netflix tries but i i really think mm-hmm. it's so easy for netflix because they have more family oriented and they can just triple their viewership with that crap hbo I, just hbo has a way higher success rate yeah like exactly netflix puts out so much and like an eighth of it is good hbo max has like 90 percent good shows somehow they're, they've managed to dribble four basketballs with one hand while yeah. Netflix is still still trying. Right. I, I I can't even remember the last Netflix show that I've actually liked, if I'm being frank. Stranger Things? 
Okay. But like new projects. But that, but that exactly, but that was in the summer. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I'm 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 looking forward. I think if I read correctly that their their map for this show is they're gonna blend some stuff with season or episode part one and part two of the video game within the first season and this really i did not i didn't see that but i i do have a question for you because like i do want to know i'm not like with my like very small knowledge of like what's actually going to happen in this show i can't remember or not is tess in the game the character yeah is she as prominent at the beginning of the game as she is in the uh, show no okay they made it, no. they expanded her character. Yes. Okay. Because I didn't remember her like at all. And I'm like, oh, if this is a unique character for the show, this is a great addition. But I've loved what they've done with that character and where it ended so far. Now we can go off and really get the uh, one-on-one um, Ellie and Joel situation that like everyone is expecting with this show. And did you watch the teaser? I know I usually don't, but I was just like not paying attention and it started playing. I actually, this is the first time I didn't. <laughs> Dude, it, it's only getting crazier from here, man. Because we've only scratched the surface of the zombies. What's great about this story and this, what we can get with this the whole show is that they're dealing with all of the fallout of a zombie apocalypse. So it's the bureaucracy of the government keeping them in the quarantine zone. It's the raiders and ravengers that have taken over like the 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 non-quarantine zones of America so it's basically like riot country and then again we're going to just get more unique style versions of these clickers i love the how they like explain that this fungus is like one giant connected organism that if you fuck with one part of it here thousands of miles away it alerts all the other zombies type stuff that is like that is unique We've seen so much zombie content over the last 80-something years since, like, the Night of the Living Dead or whatever came out. And the way that they're still able to update and give us new stuff is very, very exciting, in my opinion. So can't wait to see where this show goes or does going forward. Uh, I can only imagine the amount of Emmys and stuff. And I do want to leave you with this fun fact. Do you know why HBO has all, like why it has tv at all like who's responsible for that uh i don't know where you're getting at with this but i'm willing to listen the re uh the very first show that hbo ever really tried out on their platform was fraggle rock from jim, Hen jim henson oh if that show doesn't work then we don't get all these others hbo shows and they just keep playing movies like they were i mean that could be same said same with um david fincher is the reason why netflix has tv shows so what exactly you gotta explain that exactly well, no he just he he was the first big prestige artois filmmaker to tackle a television house of cards he was the oh, first to like right. tackle that. yeah yeah and yeah. since that was so successful it brought more people into like yeah. tv no but I, it, it is similar yes but no this was literally their first <laughs> attempt at a series on hbo was fraggle rock but i get what you're saying and by the way, David Fincher has this series that I need to watch on Netflix called Vor, which is about like the beauty of cinema, and I I, yeah. I still need to watch that. All right, Pause for a second. <laughs> I just like like Johnny's like we're cooking up something special for Chase this summer. Okay, well I think it's pretty obvious what it could be. 
So I said, oh, what are these guys in suits doing in my room with weapons? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say real quick before before it leaves my mind, with Chase watching all these Sundance movies, because that's literally all I said. And Yeah, if. One, I screenshotted his list, and I, write, I personally wrote, wrote in my rankings for each of them, and I don't think he's <laughs> going to like it as much as he thinks. No. Um, but also... I'm going to try and watch 22 movies in the next five days to just fucking out level him. Uh, but like non Sundance, just like exactly. 22 movies. You're exactly. a crazy person. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck. It's it's not that he's watching these. The fact it's the fact that he took off work, even though he doesn't work Wednesdays and Thursdays to begin with. Yeah, Ooh. I mean it's absolutely absurd. And then, and then, what was really funny was uh, he was like, "We gotta, we gotta find time for Infinity Infinity Pool." I was like, "There's no, we gotta find time." I said, "I'm watching it seven o'clock on Thursday. I just don't know where yet. So you figure out if you're gonna be there." <laughs> this dude's gonna be too busy watching <laughs> Onyx the Fortuitous. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right, dude. I just can't imagine him watching all of them. I can't. I I told them, people's uh, the uh, the reviews I've seen for Cat People specifically one and a half bad. stars across the board. It's it's not been generous, and that was so like what wanting to see. But that's that's what frustrates me the most about this situation. And I might cut out this clip just to send a chase specifically. Uh, why are you gonna waste your time on these what ifs when we have spent so much fucking time? trying to recommend stuff that we genuinely think Chase would like because we've already seen it instead of him taking the risk on new bullshit. No, you're not wrong here. It's just, it, that is the most frustrating thing. And like, I can only say it so many times. Only so many. Okay. And on that note, we will move on to the next segment of our podcast, talking about a couple of new movies that hit theaters. Um, it has been a rough January, my friends. We have not gotten too much to him and haw over because, uh, well, it's January. That's kind of what happens. You get a dumping ground because studios know when people go see movies, and January is not when people go see movies clearly because Megan made a fucking hundred million dollars or whatever but anyways one of the movies we did end up seeing that I actually ended up enjoying pretty not significantly but I enjoyed it enough for what it was was the new Gerard Butler film Plane and uh, the title is pretty self-explanatory because uh, Gerard Butler plays a pilot who flies a plane who has to make a crash landing and then after that, which I thought on its own was an incredible premise for a movie, I thought the tension that the movie was building in the first 30 minutes, just with like this plane that was going down because of electrical issues because it got struck by lightning, uh, that tension and the, like him trying to figure out and calculate where they could land the plane, that was exceptional. Like it could have been a whole movie of that. But then the plane crashes and this turns into a like a cartel drug army movie where Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter are like single or I guess together they're single-handedly like blowing through an army of basically revolutionaries who own the island in the Philippines that they're on 
And then they got to, like, get all these just regular people. There's, like, 14 people on this plane. They got to get them out and save them and whatnot, and it's crazy. One of the things I noticed in this movie, and I was wondering if you did, um, since when do airlines have special forces? Like, where was Southwest? It was like (laughs) their first, the dude shows up in the control room after the plane crashed. And this is after the movie shifts tones, like I said. And he's like, yeah, there's no way we can send in the regular army. We got to just call in mercenaries. And then we're like every so often they cut to these mercenaries that are just like trekking through the jungle, trying to find them. And by the time they get to them, it seems like they got 14 dudes who are, again, taking out an entire army of, like, Filipino soldiers, people, whatever. And I'm just like, what the fuck? But all that being said, I do still think – I, I was thoroughly entertained by the action in this movie. The rated R – the or the R rating was very welcomed from me because there were multiple moments that had me like, whoa, like, when – the stewardess breaks her neck or whatever in the plane. That was crazy. But to me, the I felt like the action didn't live up to previous Gerard Butler films. Okay, that's what I was gonna get to. This I'm I'm not as steeped in the Gerard Butler yeah, January action film genre as you are. And this well, was like one of the only ones I saw. Plus, I had the added weight of me getting on a plane to fly home the very next day. So that definitely like increased the tension of that earlier stuff and like the the actual plane stuff of plane and all. But yeah, I was gonna say you you don't you don't see me prepare to air watch Air Force Air Force One before I get on Air Force One. Uh, But I I I get that. I used to watch the movie Airplane all the time whenever I would like fly on planes. Just because you watched, I was thought Terminal in the Terminal. I did watch Terminal in the Terminal. You, you achieved that feat. I, dude, it was hilarious because there were the, it was, I watched it when we were like sitting there hoping that our pl- flight didn't get delayed anymore so that we could make our connection. And it added, that added to the stress of me watching this dude just trapped in the New York JFK tournament. Anyways, we're not here I, to talk about Tom Hanks. The, uh, I don't know, like, Gerard Butler is usually, you know, surprisingly, like, this action hero that we didn't know. He's, he's like a disc, he's more discount Liam Neeson, because Liam Neeson Whoa. actually is an entertainment to watch, but... Whoa! Shots fired, dude. What? You're You're calling out, you're saying Liam Neeson is, like, that much better than Gerard Butler. You're like, he he's I don't know I I I enjoy watching almost every Liam Neeson film at least with Did you watch what? Backlight? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, it was so yeah. bad. I watched it just to sh- sh- show you guys like oh welcome to a Liam Neeson. Uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson. You're like this is what you're in for. Deal with it. Uh, but I I don't know. At the end of the day, like it was all right. It wasn't the worst thing. I really was annoyed by the bad guys. That that was kind of my big one of my bigger crimes. Like they were really they, surface level. They just they just I mean it it, it was like live action. Um, it was like seeing live action Maui. Maui, Moana. No. Oh gosh, that just got roasted. Uh, yeah, whatever the fuck the rock's name is. Oh, it is Maui. You're talking yeah. about the rock in Moana. Moana, yeah. It's, he, the guy looked like a live action ripoff of that, and I just could not. Maybe. I was laughing in my head the entire time. Uh. 
Yeah. I mean, they were not very intimidating at all, especially because, like I said, they were getting blown through by an airline pilot and a convict. I liked Mike Coulter in the movie. I think he should be in more things. He's very good. We've we brought this up a lot, but I think he would make a fantastic John Stewart if he wasn't already Luke Cage. But we'll see about that. Uh I guess a couple other things I liked in the movie. I liked how the airline was called Trailblazer, and that's like my Instagram handle and stuff. And then I also think it was really funny that Gerard Butler was an Irish or he's Irish or Scottish. Scottish? He's Scottish. Gerard Butler? Yeah. He's Scottish. He's a Scottish dude named Brody in this movie. Come on. Brody Florence. I know. Torrance. Torrance. Yeah. Torrance. The you know, that like very stereotypical the uh Scottish name Torrance. What the fuck? <laughs> that that actually kept throwing me off. But I, I again, I watched this in uh, when I was on vacation. I was done with a day of skiing and sore as shit, and I was just like, "There's a movie theater down here. I'm gonna go choose something to watch." I watched this movie with one other guy in the theater, and both of us seemed to enjoy it plenty enough. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Did you guys sit next to each other? I sat right behind him. <laughs> Directly Hey-o. behind him. I, well, I mean, hey, knowing that this is a Gerard Butler movie, I can't wait for Plane 2 or like Two Plane. Two Plane Two Furious. Two Plane Two Land. I don't know. It was just, I don't know. It, it's it's like the perfect, like I'm sure some people would go like, oh, three stars. But like I just didn't have enough action with it. And it took a while to get the action started. There, like the well, power is like on the plane. That's, that's like, what I'm saying, though. I thought that was calls. suitable. And then there is definitely a lull. There's for, for sure a pacing issue. It, it it has a lot of like slow down moments in between well, their quick spurts of action. It, I haven't I haven't checked this, but I've I've kept myself very weighted for this. Um, but you have it rated very generously, close to ambulance, and I do not appreciate that. I have it weighted, rated genuinely ge- or generously because as of right now, it's my favorite movie of the year, and that pisses me off. <laughs> I just have nothing better. I gave it three and a half stars. I gave it a B, mostly because of the experience and I guess just the timing of it all. It had been a long time since I've been to like a small, like eight theater movie house where where I can just like, I don't know. It. I always, my my brother was like, you work at a movie theater. Why are you going to another just movie theater to see a movie? And I'm like, you worked at a golf course. Why do you go out of town to see golf courses? Like, I know it's not technically the same, especially when it comes to the price points. But I just like seeing, like, little movie theaters that are tucked away into corners. And this one was, like, in a ski village next to a gondola. And so it was not very big, and it was pretty cool. I enjoyed myself. Watch more movies, folks. All right. Uh, here, you want to jump into this next one? Uh, Yeah. Because I don't have such nice things to say. I mean, I don't really have anything to say either. It's the fact that I already forgot what it was. It really helps out the what case. What the fuck is it called? Uh, so Jesse you... Eisenberg yeah. has debuted. And what's shocking is that this is produced by A24. Um, but when no, you it finish... isn't, dude. I, I, A24 would take a risk on a movie like this for sure. It's, this is like has its stink it's, all over it, but it's just it's, not one of the good ones. It's A24. 
Um, when you finish saving the world is, is the title of this. Uh, yes. Jesse Eisenberg's like feature film, written directed by him, and came out of Sundance last year with not so generous reviews. I think this is more split though. Um, but I mean, it's you know, it's I don't know, I really don't because here you have Julia Moore and Finn Wolfhard trying hard of having this mother daughter mother son relationship that is very disconnected, and they try to feel I guess fill that void by re out to someone else like julia moore creates this really weird uh friendship with a guy from her like shelter not a guy a child a child 17 a a teenager that is basically her son's age yeah and then finn goes out and just like tries to connect to this girl from school that he has nothing in common with but he's willing to to just fake it till you make it if and it's just quite disturbing on both fronts there i i I don't know, but my favorite part was just the uh, J.O. Sanders playing the dad, it, mm-hmm. just like coming in with bangers midway through. Oh my god! Like, oh, you guys just you, you missed my award, dude. Oh, that I moment was like lifetime achievement award. I what are you saying? I I know I'm totally agreeing with you because uh, that moment had me floored. I'm like yeah, these was... people fucking suck. They never apologize. And okay, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but my biggest gripe with this whole movie is that they're the the mother played by Julianne Moore and the kid played by Finn Wolfhard are two of the most unlikable main characters I've seen in a movie in a long time. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there. I I I'm looking. I don't know. I I don't dislike Jesse Eisenberg. Um, he had a show that came out last I year. I love Jesse Eisenberg year, for the most part, and that he led. Uh, Fleischman's in trouble and I thought he did a, a fantastic job and so I was actually more not anticipating but just more curious to give this my my attention and it just I don't know it really really dipped off and I I don't know he I will say like I don't want to talk heavily on this because there's obviously more stuff worth the, the, uh, discussing this morning right but he does have another film lined up uh directing and uh writing with Emma Stone producing she also produced this one, folks. But um, this one also this one stars Jesse Eisenberg and, and Karen Culkin from Succession fame. And I am actually um, of funny. Scott Pilgrim fame. Chill I, out. You chill out, sir. Uh, two cousins travel to Poland after the grandmother dies to see where they come from and end up joining a, joining a Holocaust tour. I, I think this could be one of those. Really, I don't know your reactions like what? I'm sold. But I, I think this one has a little bit better step up than than what we just got. But that hey, that's January films for you. Like I haven't seen Otto yet, just because. And there's an, there's another one that came out that I haven't. Otto's seen. better than this movie. Otto, at least the difference between these two movies is they're both about unlikable people. But at the end of Otto, you at least have a redemption arc, and at the end of this movie, you still fucking hate the main characters. And I was like. I was genuinely blown away by the fact that the movie ended when it did. I'm like, oh, so they just fucking suck. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I was like, this is really the moment you're choosing to end on. No redemption whatsoever. And with that, and I, I agree with you. I'm all for Jesse Eisenberg. I, there was a stretch of time where he was maybe one of my favorite coming-of-age actors with, like, Zombieland, Adventureland. I mean, The Social Network is one of the all-time best performances, in my opinion, because that movie works so well because of Jesse Eisenberg and, well, and everything else that is associated with that movie. But Jesse Eisenberg is great. But 
when you have him doing his writer director debut and you have Finn Wolfhard playing this teenage character that genuinely everything that comes out of Finn Wolfhard's mouth, I could hear in Jesse Eisenberg's voice. Like it's stuff that he would just say. And cause he has that very specific way of speaking and like his, his, his very unique attitude that's like Jesse Eisenberg. You're like, Oh, meek, awkward. Like they're doing that. And when you're a writer's writing in their own voice, that's like, yeah, that's a good start. And I feel like that's where most people start their careers when it comes to writing. But it's once you can start writing in other people's voices, you can flush out the story, you can make something greater. That's when you're, that's when you start becoming more exciting as a writer. Like, Tarantino doesn't write the way he talks. If he did, no one would watch his movies because he sounds like a crazy person always. He he knows how to like make interesting dialogue that doesn't just sound like him. And I that was one of my huge gripes besides the fact they were they were terribly unlikable. The mom was super creepy with this other kid trying to like force her like life upon or like the life she wants him to live upon this dude that it seemingly she met like a week before super weird and but she, also she's totally like adverse to like actually bonding with her own son it's not like the son's just trying to distance himself from his parents like normal the mom shows no interest in the kid there's like a scene where he's like can you drive me somewhere and she's like are you ready and he's like give me five seconds and then she waits five seconds and she fucking leaves what a fucking bitch what a bitch like you don't need I'm like, yeah, you're like, mommy needs to drive you somewhere. But, like, it's your mom. Like, are you really just going to fucking dip and, like, not let your kid do the thing he wants to do? Fuck off. It just, so many moments like that in this movie frustrated me to no end. And I could see where the movie wanted to be, what the movie wanted to be. But it just never, it never got there for me, at least. What what was very unfortunate was that I, like, I was reminded watching this that Julia Moore being, like, such the prestigious career that she's had and deservedly so she won her best actress for the role of still alice uh um, she was getting alzheimer's and that's a very you know it's it's a neat film Mm. it's not absolutely the best but when i looked to see what else came out that year and saw that rosamund pike did not win for gone girl it just continuously like has me enraged because that you you need you and the oscars need to hash this one out my guy oh (laughs) that's a good segue <laughs> Perfect segue. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get on this segue. And uh, but what? <laughs> God damn it! You ruined it. <laughs> Before we start, though, are we gonna? We're not gonna do every category. No, 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 no. You just, you just. I was thinking maybe the main six, and then we could also do like things that annoyed us, like cinematography, and maybe yeah, I, like the fact that. The fact that RRR didn't get in a national. Well, but we'll go. Well, let's just let's go from the biggest award down. How about that? <laughs> Keep it PG, Brent. Keep it PG. Let's do it. Um, yeah. So, like, I I woke up and I was like maybe ten minutes behind, but I just turned it on my phone and like ignored the chat because I was watching on my phone. And I didn't want to go back and forth. Gotcha. And- but it was so quick. Like I was not last year. I don't remember it being that that quick. Well, they did say this year it was finally live again. It was pre-recorded last year, so they like stretched it out. I think. 
But yeah, they fired through them. And there was like that break after the first seven categories that lasted three minutes. Shout out to my TikTok movie guy, Juju, uh, Straw Hat Goofy, Juju Green. Fucking on Morning America after just being the guy on TikTok about movies is now um, a legitimate pundit that gets to be on ABC in the morning talking about the Oscars. Congratulations to him, man. Are you, he kinda, are you he's just, the film enthusiastic guy? Yeah, dude. I mean, yes, it's the straw hat goofy from TikTok. It's the dude. I don't know. It's I've I was watching him at like a hundred thousand subscribers, and now he's like the biggest movie guy on TikTok. And I think it's really great to see his rise because he came from like just a studio marketing job, and now he's all like this guy going to premieres, meeting his heroes like Ryan Coogler. It's very cool. But now, enough about straw hat goofy. The best pictures. Uh, yeah, this, I don't know. I'll name them and then we can highlight what we feel is missing. I think that would be kind of sure here. Uh, and then I'll just post a link maybe on our Insta. Uh, best picture. We'll just send them to the Academy Twitter. All of the, all that shit's on there. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the best picture nominees, all quiet on the Western front. I now look forward to you having to watch that. Good luck. Um, honestly, folks, not my favorite. I don't even know if we talked about this, but dude, I it's yeah. gonna win international. Well, I'll just start there now that it's yeah. in this category. It's that's quite bogus because it's not even the best international. The best international film didn't even get nominated. The best two, I guess, because I honestly might have liked RR better than than All Quiet. On the What's Western. your first one? Decision to leave, my guy. Oh my god, it did get snubbed. I, okay, well, we're snubbed. jump. We're so far ahead of ourselves. Come on, let's. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is the first one, and then we're already ranting. I know. Welcome to the Academy, folks. Uh, this is a- our this is our Super Bowl, folks. We fucking love this shit, and we love hating. Th- well, you love hating this shit right now, but I love this shit. It, it, it's more so on like with that note though. Like this year is just yeah, we had some this year surprises. was kind of a mess. There we were some, some surprises, weird things. Yes, it's it's more of a mess, and we'll. We'll highlight that when we get to it. Uh, next up, we have Avatar Waywater. No surprise there. Um, I mean, what do you expect with the f- success of the first one and the recent announcement of like how successful this one was? That doesn't really come at a a surprise. So we'll we'll take that. Uh, and then we have Banshees of Inisherin. I think that's a lock for most people uh, being in the front runner categories here. Which is now streaming on HBO Max. So if you have not seen that yet, please watch. Yeah, uh, it's so good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next, we have no surprise, Elvis. Um, why not? Sure. Yeah. I've just come to accept it at this point. <laughs> and it's like, I'm, I wish all the best for Austin Butler. I really do. But there's just, I, there's something in these accounts. Like, I need to sit down with the people that specifically voted for Elvis and just be like, what do you think of this film? Okay, what do you think of this film? And just go around and figure it out. My whole thing with Austin Butler is I'm really nervous that he might be get stuck in this typecasting of this Elvis character, especially with his the, the fact that his whole like dialect has changed to this now gruff southernish type shit that he has to do. Well, that kind of like limits his roles going as, forward. I don't know what he's going to be able to do next, and I really hope this doesn't hurt him going forward. Well, he's as we've mentioned previously on this pod uh he has that movie coming out bike riders with tom hardy so i think we'll see some of a different direction with his voice but he's also in dune too 
So oh, we'll know, oh right, yeah. Okay, we'll never this mind. He's year, fine. Like, oh. <laughs> he's so fine. <laughs> he's so fine. He's playing the Sting character, right? From the first original. I think it's like I, the Prince of something. I, I don't know. That, yeah, that's I don't right. remember nearly enough about Dune. <laughs> Next up, we have is everything, everywhere, all at once, and I I think I could kind of proudly say after it's that this film is probably going to win Best Picture. Which is honestly what the Academy needs. They need something that they can like extend their arm out and be like, we recognize all genres, all you know, story, unique storytelling perspectives. Like I think this film obviously captures all that. Reach. Not going to be the last time we talk about it. I think we'll probably, you know, be a really fun episode is if we dive deep in just all the best pictures. Um, yeah. The Fablemans. Um, I, I mean, what more can I say besides the fact that I betted so fucking heavy on this film in my FAL wow. roster, and it screwed me. You it, bet like, so hard, and then but didn't get it for best picture, and that's fucking Chase, right? Yeah, it was the number one overall pick was the favorite. <sighs> that's crazy. And it's not even going to win it. It's not even going to win. Nope. Uh, next up. I would say it's top five in this category, though. I don't know, man. I, I feel like people probably have Elvis above it. <laughs> That's why I said five. I got three ahead of it. Um. Yeah. Next up, we have Tar. Uh, I love how far this movie has has gotten. Yep. Uh, it, you know, if if the Academy was the Academy, it was maybe five, ten years ago. Tar would be winning Best Picture. Like I've been hearing it on multiple podcasts about and like seeing tweets about just like this is the kind of film that. They love because of the lead character being just so bad and it's hard to root I for. I mean, they gave it to the artist in 2011, right? I'm like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Now, if the Academy wants to have real fun. Dude. <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> when you think of best picture, there are like so many metrics, but like it's never accurately represented the 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 jet like the most well received film of the year. If this award could go to Top Gun or like more likely everything everywhere all at once, just these two movies that were wholeheartedly accepted by more than the general audience of moviegoers then it would finally be like, oh, the Academy is starting to be a representation of film fans in general and not just the elite. Like, the people... I mean, there are a couple of other ones on here that match more of the Academy's type of uh, nomination, like, in the past. But things like this, is it's just great to see. It does It does show a bit of an evolution in the Academy that you gotta appreciate. You're not wrong there. Uh, I will, on the note of top, excuse me, top Maverick and Avatar. This is the uh, first time we've seen two sequels nominated. Um, technically, I guess you can count the year. Uh, what was it? Um, Mad Max: Fury Road and Toy Story Three didn't. I don't think Toy Story Three got the best picture. Did it? I can't even remember. Oh, that. it did. Absolutely. Uh. So a year of sequels, and then now we see sequels in the best picture category, which I'm not. I mean, if that's all a, we're getting, yeah, we got it. I mean, it's yeah. inevitable. Not to be a dick, but I was kind of glad we didn't get Black Panther in here because I was worried. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have felt right. It wouldn't have felt deserved, and it would feel. I think it would have felt like, oh, we're just doing this because of the circumstance. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like. 
Uh, I love the movie. I think it's one of the better Phase Four uh, Marvel movies. It's not a best picture. <laughs> like it's just, it can't be because of how many mountains it had to climb that it did <laughs> to like relatively different standards. But whatever. Uh, wrapping up. Oh wait, the- oh, wait. Can I do this one for you? Oh. Because after Top Gun Maverick, the the ninth nomination was Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I'm, I'm very I'm very happy for Bro, that. Bro, I'm a little bit of a tease. I'm genuinely delighted with the showing it had, even though it was limited. I love the cat. It's in some big categories this year, and we so, didn't think it would get in any. Well, it's like when I was messaging you guys last night when I was making my final predictions. I didn't have this in my picture predictions because the only one i got wrong okay uh wrapping it up women talking was the 10th yes. deservingly so i guess i gotta watch that shit too now that film is it speaks for itself but i had babylon over triangle of sadness that was my final like my head spinning Sucks. and and babylon i think is the biggest one missing from this uh it definitely is but it also dude it just it, it really annoys me the middling like People need to just grow the fuck up and like be able to watch more raunchy stuff. That's really why I think it got the mo like it didn't get as received well by the academy. If it makes sense, it's it's singing because in the, the raid with a lot of boobies. The first thirty minutes, people walked out, and so they're not going to be able to know the the actual like story. <laughs> P- dude, people had. walked out of Skinnerink. Also, by there, the way, there's <laughs> like, also noticeably missing. I would say Glass Onion. I think that that I don't think that was going to make it to best picture. The fact that it got where it it got an award nomination where it did get makes total sense. I didn't think it was going to get best picture. Um, There was the whale. That one kind of slipped out. I had the whale. I, in my loose predictions, I only had eight and I had the whale and I didn't have women talking triangle of sadness. And I didn't have top gun. I had the whale and the other ones that are on here. No, no, sorry. I did have Top Gun. I didn't have All Quiet on the Western Front, and I had the yes, whale. Yeah, I yeah, I had to bite my tongue on that one because it just aggravates me. It's dude, it's that that movie is like full steam ahead, just like chugging along into the award season. I would have been better off with RRR. Like I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, it's I the more been, fun pick. I would exactly. Yeah, I would have been. But better it's not even that. in the nominations, which is a bummer. They've, they've already awarded. For those folks who are not known of this, All Quiet on the Western Front has already won Best Picture yeah. years ago, years ago. And it was the, the American was version remade. Yeah, that was an American version. And it's been remade and remade and rehashed. I don't know that it's 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 not a bad look at Best Pictures. Um, I mean, me, it's like the West Side Story of last year. Yeah, me personally, I, I was kind of hoping for some Northman or After Sun, even yeah. though. Well. There's there's a lot that like I get what the academy was doing. I honestly was kind of thinking Avatar two was going to get left off for like something else. No. But it, I don't know. I, I'm surprised I, Cameron missed out on director just um, because just because of the name and everything that's going towards. He hit a billion two billion dollars, man. They but there's there's something that 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 guild has. Um, they don't like his ego. No, I don't the like his ego. Director, he was snubbed. He was snubbed best director. Um, our our list includes Martin McDowell for Banshee's Been a Shearing, which Woo! was a sweet sneak sneak in here. You have the okay, Daniel wait. Daniel Juan and Daniel 
Skynhart for everything everywhere all at once. Skynhart? I don't think that's how you say it. I don't know. I don't, I, that oh, that might be right. You're good. Skynhart? I was putting an H in there. Okay. Uh, What were you about to say? Well, no, I did want to, I, I like, I wanted to stop you at the first one, but now I can't find the fucking tweet with the directors on it. Um, Martin McDonough. Okay, so no, my question is: Is this the year that they give Martin McDonough the Oscar just because they fucked up and didn't give it to him for three billboards? No, moving on. Whoa, <laughs> fuck you! Dude. I, I. Okay, so we have Steven Spielberg. Yes. Clemens, Todd Field, Tar. Yes. Sneaking in here, Ruben Oslin for Triangle Z. Yes. I like. I, I like this category actually. Ruben Austin sneaks in because he was almost in it a couple years back when he did the Square, and also Force Majeure, like not making it in for like international feature or something like that. Like he's had a lot of success, but not gotten in at the Academy. So I think this was a great, a great tribute to that. I, I mean, Spielberg is the front runner. But There's no way. I don't know. I mean, we. We haven't had any other award show yet. And that's why I think it's it. Martin McDonough. Well, fair. That's fair. We do need to see who wins at like those other award shows. But I think it's Martin McDonough's to lose. This might actually be tough. Now that you think, now that you're mentioning this, this might be because if they don't, my, my process here is if they don't give, because a lot of times, folks, picture director lineup or screenplay picture lineup, like you get one of those and and with Banshees competing in the same category, spoilers, with everything that we're all at once, mm-hmm. as well as director and picture, I could see it. Obviously, there's going to be a 2-1 nod here, but just fate. Just it'll be extremely, it'll be extremely interesting to see how these awards play out. What will go to which one of these, of the of these two specifically, because, I mean... Let's get real. Banshees and everything everywhere all at once are the two front runners that are going up against. You have one that's more conventionally Academy and you have the one that is probably more critically well received because, I mean, dude, literally everyone everywhere loved everything everywhere all at once. And it's just so hard to decide because you're right. They're going up in all the same categories and I could very well see Banshees winning the screenplay, the directing, but it still somehow ends up being an everything everywhere win. It, it it is going to be crazy to see how it shapes out. Hey, I'm not ready to start making my predictions yet with the, like any of my ballots. Like Dude, this is gonna be crazy. If if Spielberg, if Spielberg, oh dude, if Spielberg jumps in into this race out of nowhere, I might be. I would be mad. I love Steven Spielberg, but it's not his year. It is his year. It's this not was his, his year. movie. This was it, like. Everyone was just like, it, not picture, but like director. This was his. It's his but life. how are we gonna give? How are we gonna give screenplay to one movie, director to another movie, and then picture to another movie? That would be just absolutely just ridiculous. The wealth. Well, I mean, that would be great, but that also doesn't make any sense. How do you have a, a movie that's all the best of the year that's not the best written and the best directed? That's never made sense to me. But anyways, uh. I guess we'll jump, jump right into the screenplay. And since we're talking about it, original screenplay, um, and you have everything everywhere at once, the Banshees of Inna Sharon. I've totally just, oh God, it's scrolled all the way up to the top. Give me a second. What's interesting though, looking at previous years past for directors, 
it's basically been oh my god dude the original screenplay category is literally the same nominations as the directing category it is banshees everything everywhere all at once the fablemans tar and triangle of sadness it's the same five that's funny that's insane has that ever happened it's all, but they're all the original screenplays. Nothing that was adapted got a director nod. That Maybe. doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, that's kind of neat. I, I don't, I mean, they, who's to say they don't give Triangle of Sadness screenplay? Like, they, it deserves it. They, they, they've done surprising things. The best part of that movie is the cringy dialogue from the upper class. Like, I would not be surprised if any of these won, really. Because also, Tar, besides the musical aspect, is all her, like, long monologues. I love it. I don't I know. Mean, that's so hard. But that's I crazy. See, I could see Banshee's winning screenplay, and then the Daniels and Spielberg fight it out for director. And then... If the Daniels win director, it's everything, everywhere, all at once, winning the big prize no matter what. I mean, yeah, that would be obviously the determining factor here. Um, Well, yeah, you would have to go back to looks like 2018 where we – well, because last year we had Jane Champion win director and Power Dog did not win picture, but – Chloe Zhao won Nomadland, and Bon Joon Ho won Parasite. So Alfonso Caron for Roma won 2018, while Green Book still won Picture. So it, it's been, you know, half and half size there for directors. Screenplay, it's a little adapted. You have <laughs> Fight on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Living, Tupka Maverick, and Women Talking. I, I mean, this has been a lot for women talking, but now with the recent surgence of All Quiet on the Western Front, I mean... Yeah, nope. well, I was going to say that, but or, or the fact that, like, everyone's been talking about living. Like, I've, se- no, I've no seen so much about, about that movie. No one's been talking about living. <laughs> uh, we watch different people, but... Uh, the, who the... F- what weird fucking nerds are you listening to? Uh, Dan said something about living on Twitter. Um... What's funny, though, is Top Gun Maverick landing here because a lot of people were like, yeah. this is a surprise. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most well-written movie, but damn it if I didn't get emotional in that Iceman scene and someone had to write that shit. Yeah. So you skip past the acting categories, but real quick. Well, we had we had been talking about both, but yes, let's get into the actors. Lead, lead actor, you have Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell, Banshee's Vanna Sharon, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, Paul Mescal, After Sun, loud round of applause. Yeah. Uh, and Bill Nye, Living, which, I mean, why See couldn't this getting the love? Why couldn't this have been? T- it's a career achievement nomination. Let's let's be fucking real. Um, why you haven't seen the movie? You don't know. Well, we're getting it this week, and I'm still not. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna watch it. Um, why couldn't this have been Tom Cruise? Uh, because, well, why couldn't it have been, uh, Gabriel LaBelle, the kid that played Steven Spielberg, you know? I mean, I, I feel mm. like Adam Driver, like, uh, no, Hugh Jackman, White Noise was bad. Been, 
There could have been so many better options here. And I just think they went with the most boring one. Gonna be real. Paul Mescal was obviously like in that boat until recent. He jumped up above this where, where he landed that fourth spot. It's been the three locks for the longest time. So I don't know why you couldn't have just thrown in Tom Cruise. I mean, for fuck's sake. He's the reason why people went to the theaters. He might be get, I he might get a career award, dude. I like One here in the next few. So like I don't know. I don't know that they were jumping Oscar. at the pin to nominate him for this. Because it's nice to just be nominated. Well, yeah. Uh, best lead actress, Kate Blanchett, lock. And your winner is. And, and, and the real. Oh wait, and the winner is Anna De Armas. <laughs> um, no, God, no. Surprise. This is the worst category. Anna De Armas. Besides cinematography. Andrea. Riseboro to Leslie, which folks who this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Who the people out there have been like within the last week, dude. You've had Q and A's held yeah, by Kate been. Winslet, Amy Adams, preaching her performance. Edward Norton tweeting out about how it's the greatest thing he's ever seen portrayed on screen. It is. I mean, I'm baffled about the amount of like disurgence that this pulled off because you don't really see this ever, ever. The all the actors in this branch just voted for her, and it's quite unique. And even when Kate Blanchett was accepting her award at the Critics Choice Award, she <laughs> she mentioned the pioneer performance that like Andrea has given throughout her career. I mean, it's it's astonishing. And now I've, I've never other- heard of this actress. You've seen her in probably half of her films. It's hilarious, though. She is awesome. She really is. But like, I was not expecting this. I watched 150 movies this year, and this was not one of them. <laughs> and not, we did I mean, watch something she was in in Amsterdam, apparently. Yeah, she played uh, Christian Bale's lover or wife. She was um, in the Matilda movie. What the fuck? Uh, we also have Michelle. Oh Williams no way! She's a mom. And Michelle Yeoh. Everything ever all at once. Yes. And I and I still <laughs> the the what's really missing from this category is the, the African American ladies, the Viola Davis and the Danielle Deadweiler. They are nowhere to be found here. And people I mean people are kind of talking about how Olivia Coleman might sneak in or ugh. I mean, I, I don't know. Like it it's strange. I mean Michelle Williams should be supporting we all know it. But this this is a strange category to be a part of, and I don't even know what backing got with Ana de Armas because Blom was just destroyed a month. I know people didn't watch that movie and just saw that she was playing Marilyn Monroe and nominated it, and that's really fucking obnoxious. Because why are we letting the people vote for the best movie of the year if they refuse to even watch the fucking movies? It's so frustrating. I mean, that's clearly what happened with Under the Arm. She did I mean, not play Marilyn that well. She didn't. Like, it's not a good performance. You just saw that she was playing the character or the person, and you're like, here's your nomination, please. Not wrong. Um, same can be said here with uh, so Best Supporting Actor. Uh, we have Brendan Gleeson for Banshee's Finish here. And Perfect. Brian Tyree Henry Causeway. I, I'm a little puzzled on this one. I watched the film, and I mean, what's who's to say that what he's doing here is different from any other character he's played? Like, I just I don't think he elevated. I now the- have to watch it, but 
and I will I, form my own opinion. But yeah, I, this one kind of blew it, me out of the left field. It's more. It was more Jennifer Lawrence's. Yeah, film. and like I get that. I I don't know. There's there needs to be an investigation because with this next nomination, Judd Hirsch for Fablemans, he's one in the movie scene. for maybe eight minutes. He has one, one scene. fucking scene, and dude. When when the movie Seth Rogen was better than Judd Hirsch. And when I there's no Paul Dano, and I don't even want to get deep that into that sucks. discussion. I don't have enough breath to to talk about this, but he's in the and I'm tired of people being like, oh well, uh, the actress in the network had one sheen and it was so powerful. And it was six minutes. Yeah, that was the fucking seventies. So sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and like oh. let's actually start nominating supporting actors for like really decently good work here. I yeah, let's I, nominate the people that support the film the best. Yeah, like when. When you're watching his not just like the scenes, cameo that was the best. Exactly. When you're watching the scene, you're like, oh, this must be the part everyone's talking about. And then it happens and, and then he's he, gone. He doesn't do anything for the rest of the film. I like the, Dano, I like the scene. Paul Dano plays a better job at guiding Spielberg in the direction he needs to go. Yes. Very much so. He was telling him how he needs to make the film for his I mean, get the fuck out. I'm moving on. <laughs> uh, Barry Keen for uh, the Batman. He played the Fair. Joker. That's obviously what the Academy yep. is doing these days. Uh, they're just giving work for short, short terms. Now, if you play the Joker, you get nominated. That's how that works. <laughs> uh, well, after the, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised now though. But uh, he got nominated for honestly a really, really great performance in Banshees. He was like the comedic relief in an already tragically funny movie. He so was the, he was great. He was, the he was, yeah, he was look at me now kind of guy. Uh, and then we have he was Jeff. almost as good as the donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, next, and then we finally have a uh, Ki Hu Kwan. And your winner Kwan. is and that yeah, one's I, a lock. I I think this is a fantastic. Um, win for him uh i think brendan gleason would have a better chance if he wasn't splitting with fucking barry but like because of the two being there i'm like there's not even a race here anymore key will win this award he will make the most beautiful speech about just being how grateful he is to be back in the in in the industry doing the thing that he loves and i'm gonna cry i will and it'll be like the first it'll be at the top of the show and there. And See, then the rest is going to be super boring. I didn't let you. I didn't interrupt you, so I let you say it. But yeah, it'll, it'll be the first award presented. So <laughs> right, um, gets to set the mood. Next up, and they play. Play- Wait a minute. If they play that motherfucking guy, if they even start to play him off, I'm turning the show off. Uh, actually, you know, it'll be really entertaining to see since you're, you're talking about this. Um, if Kate Blanchett really wants to get in the character, she would get down in that box. <laughs> she would yeah. give her awards <laughs> acceptance speech from the conductor box. Um, we have best supporting actress, um, Angela Bassett. <laughs> Angela Bassett, sure, you know, do what you want to do. It's not a best supporting role. You're if just they not- won't, if they wouldn't give it to Chadwick the year that he died and they're going to give it to her because of the movie that he was in about him dying. I'm going to be pissed. I, I have no faith in the Academy. Uh, we have Han Chow, the whale, which is a fantastic performance. Uh, Carrie Condon, Banks finisher in a fantastic performance. That should be the winner. Everything everywhere all at once. Solid, solid, but I think the deserving one got in, which is Stephanie, 
uh, how do you pronounce? It? I don't even know. I think it's Sue, but Sue? I'm not sure. Well, fucking spell it like oh my God. Sue. Um, for everything, everyone wants, and I'm like, I'm okay with Jamie Lee being in here now that we know she's in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like all four of these performances more than Angela Bassett. Uh, I yeah. Like all performances of the women talking and women talking. Yeah, and it just it baffles me how we're just gonna go out here and be like, you know. A career achievement award. Yeah, and not to say that her performance in Wakanda Forever was bad. It was one of the highlights of the movie. It was just also cut draft. It was cut short. Like we didn't get to finish the movie with her character, so she didn't get as much of a of an opportunity. And like you said, every one of these performances were still better. And so the fact that she's getting it just for the career achievement award is fairly annoying. When Jamie Lee Curtis is just as deserving of a career achievement award. She's been in the industry just as long, if not longer. She's Hollywood royalty and God damn it. I hope she wears something low cut to the Oscars. Oh, you, you don't say. <laughs> um, well, so Harry Condon should win this award period. I, I, yeah, but I mean, with the success, I don't know. The only thing, the thing is, I think it's it's that double nomination with everything everywhere where they're going to steal votes from each other and the preferential ballot only works in Best Picture, I'm pretty sure. So it's just hard to see them not, or that one of them pulling away. My, if it's not Bassett, I think it's got to be like, Condon. What you're saying earlier with Bassett is that like her performance in the film is not for the direction of like Best Supporting Actress of the entire year. It's just for these small people in this place called Wakanda so she can uplift this new Black Panther so Shiri knows what Yeah, what she needs. Like, it has nothing to do with fucking real life. And it's fucking Facebook. Whoa, whoa. And ev- everything everywhere has something to do with shit. real life? Wait a minute. Let's I, we're playing semantics I am here. just really fucking fed up with how far. And what's going to suck is that those MCU fourth mcu phase four truthers out there are gonna be like well you know what uh, we got an academy award last year fucking s my i mean i don't know how many truthers you're out there dealing with for real even i wouldn't say that um but yeah i'm kind of out of breath um <laughs> if we're talking what's baffling cinematography is probably the most that's the most tragic edit. character or category dude it's usually no, really good it. <laughs> it's you yeah there's no the favorite has been top gun maverick and then you've had avatar kind of slide in there banshees kind of sliding back and forth in there and i mean even i don't know you have all quiet on the western front bardo elvis empire light and tar like i mean yeah my whole thing is I'm, fao bias here banshees of Inish sharon made a rocky gray boring island in ireland make fuck look fucking beautiful and the fact that that's not there, stupid. The fact that Babylon isn't there, stupid. Why the fuck are we, why, why is Elvis in there for cinematography? That movie is a fucking mess when it comes to the cinematography. Even I will admit that. It, this is insane. Is in the FAL, Johnny was the only one that had cinematography. Any, yeah, any of his nominations. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, are we just going to go out? Out there and give Roger Deakins the award because Dude, he's they better the not that movie is not good and the cinematography is not great. I so, I think 
if we're looking at this right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Tar wins it. Because that's been the that most would be consistent. Good. I, I guess I would be happy with cons- that. It been, it's been the most consistent across the board. With the nominations. Um, I if I don't, I don't know. know. I could see it going to all quiet on the Western I, Front, I, but I, I guess I'm rooting for Tar. I'd be so disappointed. Yeah. Uh I mean, do you want to do your uh if if we're slipping out here, best international feature film, uh Decision Leave and RR did not get nominated for this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's quite depressing. Not to mention early front runners like Saint Omer wasn't even on here and late entries, Argentina nineteen eighty five got in, all quiet on the Western Front, and then you had close EO, another donkey film, and the quiet girls slipping in. Like I I don't know, man. It this this is just baffling shit. Baffling yeah. shit. Um, I'm happy National Geographic got their recognition in the d- d- documentary category this year with Fire oh, I and Love. Doc- I didn't even yeah. look at documentary yet. Hold up, that, that one's Am I good. Get angry? Am I gonna get angry? I don't know what you want to, what you don't want to see there, or what you want to see there. Um. Okay, I, I wanted to see Fire Love, All Beauty and the Bloodshed, and Natalie. How sweet of Spencer's I did. But uh. I guess the last thing I'll talk about is the animated features. I think they got that pretty pretty on the nose this year with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I It's my favorite movie of the year, and I think uh, it should have been in the best picture category, but it doesn't belong in the animated feature category. And that's Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Then there's Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which Dark Horse winner, in my opinion, but it's probably going to be Guillermo del Toro. All right, Mr. Bias. And then, yeah. And then we got The Sea Beasts from Netflix, which I actually quite enjoyed. And I that was good. It's getting it a sequel. Good. Did you see? Did you see it's getting yeah, a sequel? I did see that. That is really good. And then Pixar's Turning Red, which if you're, I mean, if you're a betting man, that's where you put your money because there's always the outside chance that that wins. Um, yeah. uh, what's really funny is, uh, remember all the... Uh, the high talk you had about Wendell Wild, I, I barely it, it it was Key and Peel, Henry Selick, and like a good new original idea. So like I thought, and it was the all the stop motion dude. It it was a really good movie. It deserves a nomination, but I wouldn't bump any of these five movies out for it. That's the so. Thing. So what's really fun here is um, uh. And considering in the the running of our FAL league, uh, this is my worst my worst year yet. Um, not all the time can the top dog reign true. I uh, got a little got a little stuffed up there. Might be time to put this old horse down. But, uh, I'm gonna be back next year. I'm gonna be back next year. I, I Johnny took the lead over me. Um, I know. Five, I'm five, so annoyed. He's not gonna draft Leo. That fucking sucks. I'm not gonna draft Leo. <laughs> oh, you're a liar. I, I, he's going to go in the running of supporting and I don't think he'll have the fate. Like, I don't think he'll be favorable. I don't know. We'll see. I, 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 it's going to get ahead of ourselves. It's going to be hard to have the first pick. Like, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Uh, I agree. I I mean, I, I got to start winning a lot of these categories and have chase get upset quite a bit if I'm ever going to make a run for this, but we will see how it plays out. Um, I'm just really annoyed. I have to watch a whole nother movie for the fucking song category. I thought I would be covered this year. What do you mean? 
uh, the the song "Applause" from "Tell It Like a Woman" got nominated. And if I'm gonna com- be the completest that I am, watch all the shorts and documentaries and foreign films and everything. I also gotta watch this shit because of those dumb nominations, like I did at least last year, four days sober or whatever. Oh, I watched. dude, Taylor but, Swift didn't get the nomination. Yeah, that's what I thought it would be. Oh wow! Huh? But yeah. I mean, we were, we're not going to go into these smaller categories because we could keep talking all day. We're probably going to just cap it here and end this conversation. And once we get to the Oscars, we'll definitely be talking about each every category and do another bonus episode like we did last year where we break all that stuff down for you. But before we go, we will leave you with our recommendations for the week. Uh, my recommendation is going to have to be a time-sensitive recommendation because unfortunately the movie I picked is leaving Netflix here on the 31st, which sucks because I thought this movie was exceptional and I'm really actually frustrated. I missed out on this in 2016, but the movie's called Sing Street. It's about a a bunch of kids in Ireland starting a band in the eighties and the music is fantastic. The romantic side of the story is excellently done. Uh, The characters are great. And there's a lot of like, I love movies that are coming of age movies about rebellion. Uh, So this hit a lot of checked a lot of boxes for me. I've been listening to the soundtrack pretty much nonstop since I watched it. And I I think if you haven't seen it, Brent, you should definitely give it a watch before it leaves. I saw Chase give this fucking four and a half stars last night. And I also am just like, no. You got you got signed, sealed, delivered recommendations from me, Brent, or Chase, and Blaine. So yeah, listen, just because Chase recommends something doesn't mean I'm going to go straight to watch. I'm all right, but but me and Blaine though, me and Blaine um, hosted the Real Views podcast. So before I before I make a recommendation, I wanted to kind of shout out. Uh, yesterday they announced that Ben Affleck's uh, next sure. directing film, Air which is about the Air Jordan movie, which we discussed in our most anticipated films of the year, is getting an April 5th, 2023 release date. Um, I I can't be even more excited about this. This is going to be pretty fun. I wouldn't be surprised if we get um, a trailer a trailer soon. soon, like Super Bowl, maybe. Oh, that would be elite. Yeah. It would make so much sense. Um, we don't have a poster yet, which is uh, probably in the in the west yeah. coming soon. But Do we know uh, of, any, of anyone cast besides Matt Damon? I'm, I, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. I mean, and Ben Affleck. Because uh, he's Bateman. directing. Okay. Jason Bateman, C- Chris Massini, Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. Chris I, Tucker, I, okay. That's why. I, <laughs> there's a reason why I was excited for this film. It's yeah. like this cast of collect. Yeah, I just, I, come on. I, I, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, but no, but uh, I'll go ahead and actually like recommend a film. Um, I kind of been going through through uh i don't know recently there was a rewatchables episode on sideways which got me watching that again but i've also been watching a lot of alexander Payne films and it kind of like breaks me when we did our director draft that no one drafted him because after watching his films i'm kind of like you know this guy has it like there's something with the characters that he has like these adult characters in their real life situations or just real life adventures that they kind of go on and you know he directed the Descendants, Sideways, About Schmidt, Nebraska, Election, Downsizing, uh, like not too many other ones, but he has a new film coming out this year. And and I I 
think he just kind of really has like this this level of dark comedy at a very high beat and he takes like leading men that you wouldn't expect um and like i i mean i don't know i just i really enjoyed watching uh his films the last week and that's what i kind of did um and i know you haven't seen a couple of his brett and i think you would probably find them entertaining they're not just like you know these dramedies where they're they're really like sad because bad things are kind of happening to them but like they find a way to add a little little dark humor to it and i don't know i just i kind of like had a moment of like oh wow like this 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 actually i could connect to it as the older i got so yep i would i would just he has a lot of movies streaming um but yeah i mean i'm already at 46 for the years because i do nothing else with my life (laughs) that's fucking insane I was gonna re I was gonna rewatch Puss in Boots today on the site. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, if I do fifty a month, man, I hit six hundred, and that's that's always now, my goal. And yeah, and you're gonna well, and you're gonna do uh, twenty more here this week. <laughs> and so, I feel like you, you should laugh, you laugh. you need to log a bunch. You should log like thirty just just for the fuck of it. Oh, and and my my the hours I worked. Oh, uh, yeah. Side note: Do you work um, tonight? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently you have to make the schedule according to Bill. I already did. How? The movie schedule? Yeah. Uh, it's called bookings that come on Mondays. What's today? Tuesday. Tuesday. Holy shit. I it's it's oh already been online. God, dude, it's, it's already been up online. That's funny. Did he text you? What? No, it was he talked to me on Sunday, dude. I just totally blamed on what day it was. No, yeah, he he texted me. It was like someone do is someone scheduled to work on the movie schedule, and I'm like English, and he's like, is someone gonna do the movie schedule today? And I was like, yeah, I'm almost done with it. And then I sent it to him. He's like, oh, that's good. So. Well, yeah, I mean, this week's not going to matter, but yeah. we'll see. Cool beans. What are you going to do with Sendo? All right. Well, 7 o'clock on Thursday, you were saying, right, for Infinity oh. Pool? Uh, me, you, Johnny, and Chase got the right. game. I, I'd say let's just go to Ronnie's. Let's just yeah, no, yeah, make no, that yeah, yeah. All I, right. I've been keeping my eye on the seat selections in case I need to uh, pre-order. Oh, we'll go, yeah, go up there and grab them. Didn't uh, who's the who said he had to watch his own decapitation in this movie? I'm sorry, what just happened? Who's the star of this movie, Infinity Pool? Alexander Sarsgaard. Yeah, I saw yeah. a thing that was like an interview where he said he had to watch his own decapitation, like d- d- visual just, effects type okay. stuff, and he like freaked him out. Hold on. Have you have you seen did you end up watching Possessor? No, not yet. I guess uh, I might have to do that after. Well, you should do it before or Thursday. Andrea Risenborough is in it. Oh my god, that um, is funny. She dude, is on a lot like, more than I thought I would have seen her. I do not recognize. Well, she her. also changes her looks a lot. Yeah. Um, but I like the tweets that I have saved for this movie. I I am I saw last thing I said to you. I saw this behind the scenes shot. Of a giant, like you can't see my camera. I wonder if I can open it up without it. Going. Yeah, you probably can. Like, like a giant stick, like this long of a dick. <laughs> of a penis. 
Nice. And I don't know what that implies. Hell yeah, dude. But I heard there's a I heard there's a cum shot too. All right. Well, we never ended the podcast. So for the Cinerama podcast. Note, folks, yeah, on that stay note. Stay tuned folks. for infinity pool. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>